This is Recovery Revolution Live. The episode you're about to listen to is live and unedited. If you'd like to join us on the live stream, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Recovery Revolution 100 or search Recovery Revolution Live on YouTube. Welcome, welcome. Thank you much. Another week of Recovery Revolution Live. How's it going tonight, guys? Cannot complain. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to see your faces. Haven't gotten to do this in a while. This is fun. I'm fun. I'm excited. I'm doing my share. Intro music. It's pretty funky. It's such a jazz move. Honestly, it sounded like it was skipping to me. I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) I wasn't ready for that to be different. (laughs) No change. No change. Right? Oh, so welcome, welcome everybody out there. Uh, We got five people on already. Uh, Glad you could join us. Uh, Welcome to Recovery Revolution Live. Elsie's back. What's up? I'm oh so excited. God. I'm so excited. I miss you, bro. Man, I miss you too. You know, I was watching the, the trailer for the new Guardians of the Galaxy film, and that one guy reminds me so much of you. The big guy. <laughs> oh, he yeah. looks like you, and I was missing you so bad, man. <laughs> I was literally missing you so bad. Miss you too, man. You know, it's funny that... uh like the night before the actual release so it's a wednesday night not the thursday when it drops they're having uh there's a theater in my area that's doing a guardians of the galaxy triple feature wow. so the whole trilogy but it starts at like 6 30 at night and my ex-brother-in-law was like bro come with me come with me. i'm gonna go and i was like i can't do that on a work night you goofball i'm gonna be up to like two in the morning we're so grown oh my gosh we're so grown bro i can't even you know normally i make fun of myself like i'm grandpa status i go to bed at 8 30 or 9 and all that's true but i mean that's beyond that's that's like beyond i wouldn't even stay up that late uh when I was like partying, usually I'd be like, I mean, unless I was doing math or coke or something, unless it was on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. No sleep till. Ah, and then we have our very special guest, Melanie. Yes, What's up, Melanie? Hey. She, she is the founder of Soul Tools. Pleasure yeah. to have you here. Pleasure. Thank you so uh, much for having me. Let's see. I do have it on here somewhere. The Soul Tools. So if you guys are trying to look look it up at some point, that's what you look for. And then there's the website. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, you guys are coaches. Mm-hmm. And who knows what else you do i can't wait to hear all about it that's for sure and what is going on here i messed up <laughs> oh there we go there I, we uh, I i didn't have to verbalize that nobody would have known that i was messing up if I didn't nobody say nobody <laughs> but there's that accountability right there's that being honest right? like to see it. yeah, <laughs> yeah tell on myself and that's vulnerable 
It's the good thing. Renee Brown would be proud. <laughs> Amen. I'm sporting a new shirt. We covery. It's hey, uh, awesome. South Minnesota Mankato. Actually, they. It's We Covery Brandy or Brandy Brink is the founder. Uh, so it's called We Covery Beyond Brink, and it's. Uh, you know, it's an RCO and they also have sober homes in that area and whatnot. They do coaching and uh, offer a lot of trainings and things as well for recovery coaching and, uh, you know, harm reduction stuff. So we covery is an awesome Minnesota organization. I was waiting so long for this shirt. I'm like, I'm going to give you guys a shout out on recovery revolution live. Uh, Thank you for all you do. Brandy and company. That's what's up. So let me, then I can show off this one. This is the new sober is the new cool love wins style that we got going on. Uh, sober is the new cool.ca with the beautiful Kim Bellis, who helped me celebrate my 10 years of recovery the other night live on Instagram. It was super fun. A great conversation. She's a beautiful heart, beautiful soul. Just, uh, I love it. I love this recovery game, man. It's great. Yeah, it's, huh? awesome. it's awesome. The it's best so part cool. is getting to meet amazing people and learn from them because it just true. enhances my stuff, you know, makes my recovery better. That's the truth. That's the so truth. So, Melanie, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about you? Um, well, let's see, a little bit. Um, my name is Melanie, but most people call me Mel. Um, I've lived, well, I, I kind of grew up near Chicago as a kid, mid Midwest kid. Um, but I moved to Texas back in, oh God, 2000. So at some point I needed to say that I'm a Texan because I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. Um, and you know, to kind of fast forward, I mean, I ultimately, I, I, well, I got into yoga early, like when I was in my early twenties and, um, you know, for like the last 14 years I've been teaching yoga and meditation and it's just been an absolute, you know, love and passion of mine. I, you know, I love being able to create healing spaces for people. I mean, like we're all looking for, you know, that place to connect. We're all, we all have, we all have a story. I always say like, you know, stories are like smartphones. Everybody, everyone's got one. Yeah. And, um, you know, but like, where can we go and really connect? And where can we, um, you know, do maybe our private healing in a very like you know, a supported way? And so, you know, yoga has always been that for me. Um, and, uh, probably about six years ago, I started soul tools and, you know, it was kind of slow in the development because I knew that I wanted to expand what I was doing in the yoga world. And I kind of wanted to, to, to broaden the, broaden the ripples, so to speak. And I knew that there were, you know, the different trainings that I had taken different ways, different healing modalities that were really creating massive healing in my life. I wanted to be able to share that. And so Soul Tools just became an extension of, you know, wanting to be a part of that process, you know, loving, being able to help people witness themselves. I mean, I think that's just like a really beautiful thing to be a part of. So, um, and then, you know, obviously I I met my now husband, uh, Zach Wallace, and he um, was in recovery when I met him. And, you know, that, that was really a big catalyst because he was in that same space, helping people, supporting people, um, you know, just, you know, ruthless honesty and things like that, that you need in order to kind of 
really, you know, find that kind of that, le that level of healing. And so we kind of combined forces with all of our different healing modalities and created soul tools. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Cause what you said is so true, you know, like that whole, that radical honesty and, and really getting to know yourself because it takes recovery sometimes to do that. You know, I felt like out in, out in the world of coping through in that addictive space, I was running for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I often describe that recovery process as just, just kind of stopping and turning around and coming home to myself yeah. instead of trying to push that stuff away, like embracing your, your traumas and embracing what life what your life is versus yeah. wanting it so desperately to be something else. So, you know, that's well, awesome. And I think, you know, in, in the practice of yoga, uh, we kind of talk about this a lot where it's, you're looking for your sense of purpose, love, mm. connection, and you're looking for it and you're, you're foraging for it and you're searching for it outside of yourself. And at some point in the process, there is this awakening that the process is in, that it mm. is a journey back home. Yes. And, and learning how to have a relationship with your body, with your heart, with your soul. Um, and so like, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, wander and search outward forever until finally it, it really, like the truth reveals itself that the answers that you seek are not outside of yourself. So true. So true. And even in the space of, not only in the space of recovery that I find this, but in the space of gender transition, I also found this to another level, mm. even that, you know, moving in through that space, I had to revisit that once again. So I thought I had gotten it mm -hmm. in, in the recovery space. And then when it was time for me to step into this gender transition, I got it. I got another level of it. Yeah. And, I, and I think that there's a place of pure happiness within a full acceptance of who you are it doesn't mean that you don't work on your body it doesn't mean that you don't you know that you don't move in those spaces that we can't just forget about that but you're right the true sense of home and purpose and even divinity because when we're yeah. looking for this in a lot of very dogmatic ways we're still seeking the same things yeah and to come back home to yourself as divinity as mm. that divine part of yourself like it makes all the rest of the stuff just just all come full circle yeah right oh, well, well melanie said it it's it's about observing yourself without judgment mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. to yeah. be like my therapist said you know take all the shit that you don't like about yourself or your life and put it on a platter in front of you and he's like now do whatever you got to do to make it okay to sit there with it in front of you yeah you got to be able to sit with all those pieces of yourself because if you can't love yourself, mm -hmm. then you can't love other people, man. You yeah, just... that's true. It's the truth. And I think that something that I found, and I found a lot of my healing um, through psychedelics and you know, in that space, but, you know, one of the, um, the awarenesses that I found in my own process is that the person that I was the most, that, that had hurt me the most was was myself my own self-abandonment the, pl yeah. the places where i couldn't forgive myself where i couldn't own my story where i was still like resisting you know different versions of myself and you know you think that when you're 
uh, healing that, you know, you need like this closure and you need certain things to line up or someone to apologize or to, or to, or to, or to witness you, or, you know, you kind of have like these ideas of what that should look like. I don't know. You know, that comes from a lot of different places, but um, I remember just like sitting there and just feeling this immense like love and forgiveness in myself for myself. Like I had left her, I had de deemed that she wasn't worthy that this version of myself wasn't worthy. I did that. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a hundred percent responsibility for the damage that we cause when we abandon mm. ourselves like that. Yeah. 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 And, and what a soulful process to go through that part of it, because, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, to look at that part, you know, because yeah. we're oh. so used to the vic so you know, being victimized. Well, you can point at people who did leave you and mm -hmm. who did hurt you, but coming back to that place where, you know, we've followed right along and we've left yeah. ourselves and we fight against ourselves totally brings mm -hmm. so much like reckless abandon of our own heart and our own, you know, soul mm -hmm. tools, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Right. What a great conversation. Well, well, and that's what, you know, you know, soul tools, you know, came from, you know, the, it kind of the name came to me in the sense that there are tools, there are tools for your soul. And, you know, we're looking for all of these, you know, external things, but there are tools for your soul um, to find its way and to, you know, create understanding because it, it, really, it really is. It's about learning. You go to school and you have all these different, you learn math and science and literature, and, um, but nobody's teaching this. Nobody's, nobody's teaching you how to regulate your nervous system. Nobody's, you know, teaching you how to um, understand your mind and your thoughts and where they're coming from and what they are. No one's, you know, teaching you that you are a product of your belief systems, which are being instilled in, like, it's like, nobody is talking about this. So no <laughs> wonder we grow into like, you know, adolescents and adults, and we have literally zero reference point on what this looks like, this kind of, of, of inner work. And we really have to, I, I believe that everything comes to us in divine right timing and yeah. that all of this is available to everybody when they're ready. Um, but you do have to keep an open heart and an open heart and mind because it's going to go against the grain of everything that you've been taught. Yeah. Yeah. That's been my experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. I remember asking this real deep question about, so when my, uh, like, like internal awakening system, this, this different level of healing started to come about, I remember asking this question because I was connected with a real, you know, kind of a, a dogmatic, um, relationship, so to speak with religion, because, yeah. you know, that's what I knew. That's what I learned. And then I couldn't make sense of my place within that. And so mm -hmm. I remember asking this bigger question of, okay, so how do I, I want to know God. And that was the reference point for it at that mm -hmm. time. And mm -hmm. I want to tell you, it was the scariest time for the mm -hmm. next two years, three years, even after that is all of the beliefs that I had had to be torn down. Yeah. And you almost feel like you're out in a desert by yourself mm -hmm. because you don't even think I often uh, uh, will explain it this way. Even the things you believe you don't believe in, you yeah. believe in. Yeah, exactly. And, and even if it's, that <laughs> it's so true. It's so it, true. And so you got to like come to grips with all of that. Ask yourself what belongs to me and what came through, you know, external environment. What, wow. what is my, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. really identity and, and idea about this. And how does this speak to me? And then you get stuck in that place of, yeah, but the world doesn't say that's what it's like, mm-hmm. or people fight you or, or argue with you. And there's this place of frustration and fear. Mm-hmm. But as the, all of that begins to be torn away, you start to really get to know who you are mm-hmm. and what your belief systems are and what the truth is to you. I heard something great today on a Jay Shitty uh, podcast. Um, it said, you'll know, the, oh, it was Bob Proctor. Mm-hmm. You'll know the truth. Like you'll know your truth internally. You'll know when something rings true to you and when something not true to you, you know, and it's a difference between being open mm-hmm. versus being intuitively connected. Oh, it's, it's two different things. N- knowing and knowing are two mm. complete. And you're completely speaking my language because one of the things that I, um, work closely with is religious trauma because I had the exact same experience. Mm -hmm. You are totally speaking my language. Um, uh, I was raised very religiously, um, lots of dogma and, um, it was heavy too. And like you said, like, you don't know what you, that you believe what you believe, but you know, even just things, beautiful concepts like, you know, forgiveness and charity, carry with it a lot of like judgment and shame and guilt and unworthiness. And you don't realize that you're picking so much of this stuff up. And I remember when I was kind of going through, I was going through a faith crisis and I ultimately walked away from my religion. It, I kind of call it like a spiritual nine 11 because it was just like, it just obliterates and you, and it's, it's weird because um, you know, well, I said for myself, I feel like a very spiritual person. And now I, I recognize that, we're all spiritual people. So obviously, but different institutions, whether it be religion or school can sell back your spiritual experiences to you. Mm -hmm. And then when you're kind of trying to, you know, reconfigure and, and, and understand God and yourself and the universe and all these things, it's just, it's like a spider web and it's all entangled in Mm -hmm. all of these things. And you, you do, you feel like you're, your compass is gone, your sense of intuition, you don't know how to trust it. And it's such a process to really like relearn if you've ever learned in the first place, how to listen to that voice mm-hmm. and how, and how to recognize truth for yourself. Not because somebody told you it was true, but because you recognized it for yourself. Yeah. Well, I can say for my speaking for myself, like until I found that level of awareness and that level of discernment, I wasn't aware of how fragile the little bit of a compass that I had was, you know, like I just thought that, you know, I don't know. I guess I thought it was pretty good before, (laughs) but when I really uh, developed that, you know, it Mm -hmm. it was like, wow, you know, I didn't even realize like how fragile, how fragile I was before. And, Mm-hmm. You know, the slightest thing could really knock me down and and it was hard to get back up where now I can make that decision that I'm not going to let this ruin my day, week, month, year, whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. the work, the work that you've done. Yeah. Like within. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, and, and you realize that you gave a lot of your intuitive power over to other people. You didn't realize yes. you did that. Oh, yeah. so much. And so, so now much. if those things are, are go away, you really, that, that it, it is fragile because you had no idea that your sense of discernment was, was you had already kind of sold it, so to speak. 
Right. Or, you know, to your point with, with like the whole God thing, like I never, I always swore that I didn't believe in God or that I was like an atheist, uh, for most of my life. But, you know, when I look back at all those, and I don't know how many bottoms I had, but I had a lot of bottoms. And every time I had a bottom, see, there they go. Uh, every time I had a bottom, I'd be cursing God. I'd be, why God? I hate you, God. Yeah, yeah that's you that know, external. It's kind of weird, right? Like, what yeah. are you mad at him for if you yeah. don't believe in him? Yeah. So I, I just liked how you said, like, you know, sometimes we don't even really realize that we actually believe in the thing that we think we don't believe in right wow right all the time it, all the time <laughs> all right i mean it's 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 all the time and you really don't believe understand until you mm-hmm. start to take that down that you're just it's like this this identity like even if it's okay i'm i'm an atheist then we have that identity and we're identifying mm-hmm. then with the atheist side and, you know, I, I spent from the years of being 15 years old until I was 17, I had been placed in a Christian girl's home. Mm-hmm. Now, for someone like me, that was like torture. Yeah. And so there was no external school. I mean, it was just this. And the shame that I developed um, through that, you know, I had to learn through my own through this, this process of what actually belonged to me. I had to deal with the fact that you can have religious trauma and that, that I did not have to, because, because ever, most people that have heard me speak about my life, they know that my main belief system for the majority of my life was that I was God's little joke. So when that's external to you, it's easy to blame and be victimized. And that's what I had to really come to grips with is what is this? If, if this creation is created, everything that we see, it, it just is, it doesn't have to be good or bad. That judgment comes from us of yeah. what's good and what's bad. And that's a lot of what I felt like I was tearing down. Well, I don't, I didn't even have to tear it down. It just started falling away. And we go back to that place of just feeling like I was in a desert, you know, like, well, yeah. what, what, what is there then? Okay. So what's left? You know? yeah. yeah. What's left? Yeah. So, what a great conversation. Yeah. Mm, love it, it is. It's like, and I think so many people, it's funny too, because like, I remember kind of like not talking about my, my story, feeling just already so much like shame and guilt around it. And um, I when I met Zach and, you know, hearing his story, going through recovery, I was blown away at just how honest he was. And then I would meet a lot of his friends that were in recovery and they were the same way. It's like they had really learned. Uh, they had been given, you know, different spaces that like, listen, if, if you're going to alchemize your pain, if you're going to transform your life, it is, it is ruthless, honesty, vulnerability to be seen. And so like the minute that I started to really speak about my story and talk about the religious trauma and the things that I've been through, it, it's like that instant alchemy. It takes pain and it turns it into love. Yes. It, and, and that changes the whole game. But like, you have to be willing to, to, to be able to speak to it because for a long time, you do feel like a victim. You feel like these things happen, you know, at you and to you. And, <laughs> and, and certainly, you know, there is an impact. People 
do say things and do things um, that are extremely hurtful. And there is that impact. Um, and, you know, and that's, and that's their karma, but it doesn't take away from the fact that this work is always mine. Yes. And if I, if I want my pain to help people, if I ultimately want to transform this, then I just, I have to be able to speak about it. I have to be able to own it and I have to understand it in a way that's not, it's no longer about what's happened to me. It's like, okay, now, now what? Yeah. Yeah. It gives you this sense of, of, of power of once again, it's coming back home mm -hmm. to you because, you know, you remember, I, I, I still remember where I was sitting in the moment that I realized, oh my gosh, it is true. Like yeah. as I continue, when my brain thinks of these things, it doesn't matter if it was 10 years ago, 10 minutes ago, or right now, my brain doesn't know the difference. Yeah. So these people are traumatizing me over and over and over and over all day long while they're living their life. Yeah. I am continuing to be traumatized and there mm -hmm. just becomes this moment of your own power mm -hmm. coming back home to you and saying, okay, so now what do I do with this? Yeah. I think that's why we all do what it is that we do and in, in speaking about all of this. And I think that what you said was very, um, was very insightful there, mm -hmm. Melanie, because I believe that we're all every human being, whether you've had some type of substance use disorder, or you're just out here trying to heal your pain and live your greatest life and heal generational stuff. We're all in recovery. Totally. That's why I think we have to all be speaking mm -hmm. to one another and the recovery community is positioned yeah. to bring about this great change and, and this great awakening in this, in this time of, of many shifts. And well, when you get your mind out of the problems, right. And into yeah. solutions, it's, mm -hmm. you know, like to your point, Elsie, we spent so much time waiting for apologies that are never going to come. <laughs> and when they did, they didn't fix anything anyway. Exactly. <laughs> right. But because you know what they say about unspoken expectations, right? They never get met. <laughs> and and so, but here we are, we're harboring all this stuff and nobody knows that we're harboring it. Mm -hmm. They sure as hell ain't. They probably forgot about it, you know. Yeah. We're the ones that can't sleep when we lay our head down on the pillow. Yes. And you're, it's it's a form of self-torture. But once you get into solutions and then they, you know, you find ones that work, you want to share that with people. Uh, now you're being of service. You're helping others at the same time. It's, it's just, it, you can't even stay in that mode. You can't keep feeling sorry for yourself because once you've, found those solutions and you're trying to share that with the world like we are uh it gives you purpose you know to your point that's when it flips on its head right melanie like where the pain turns into a purpose and yeah and, and, and it's almost it's almost once once you touch it once you touch that and you really have experienced that it's it's really it becomes harder and harder to find or at least just stay long in in victim mode because yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of like a skin that no longer fits or a suit that no it longer, it, it just, right. it's like, I, I, like I know better. So I do better. Like, and I yeah. understand that this is ultimately going to hurt me more than it's going to help me. It's not that I, you know, don't process my emotions. It's not that I don't feel sad or disappointed because all of that is completely valid. But, you know, once you really touch what it feels like to, you know, have complete ownership of your healing and to, and to use it to transform, to help other people. Now you see why you struggle in the first place. Yeah. Right. You yeah. struggle so that you learn the lesson and you can help somebody, you know, 
integrate that same lesson. Each struggle puts you in a unique position to help somebody, right? So the more, I always say, the more fucked up you were out there, the more valuable you are now because because you are in a unique position to help different people with all those different things. You know, if I got sexual abuse and the PTSD and I, and the anxiety and the depression and this and that, and the other thing, it's like all those different ways that you can help people. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really cool. So the, the worse your life was, the yeah. more areas you can kind of relate to and touch. Yeah. I wanted to take a quick moment, Melanie, to give you an opportunity to, share with us what exactly is soul tools what services do you offer and uh yeah just tell us all about soul tools yeah i love that no um like i said it really started to kind of happen organically uh because the main focus for me initially was through yoga meditation i actually you know i lead yoga teacher trainings and i was you know working in groups and and training people you know through the modality of yoga how to ultimately you know connect to their higher self, to understand their life and be able to kind of alchemize the things that have happened to them and use it as a way to teach and to help and to share. And um, probably, I don't know, God, it's, you know, time flies by so fast, but maybe like a decade ago, I um, was at 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 a training and I came across these energy teachers and I had never really heard of that I was you know obviously like you understand like excuse me like small concepts and things like that but the training changed my life the idea that everything is energy and frequency and vibration and that you're no different there's the energy of your thoughts the energy of your emotions the energy of your body um you know the energy of your of your trauma of your suppressed pain and your suppressed emotion and that all energy, energy can't be destroyed. It can only be resolved mm-hmm. and it can only be transformed. And yes. this, was, this was just like eye-opening to me. And it, when we talk about tools, this was a training that really empowered me that there are energetic tools for your energetic body. Just like if you have a car and you have it, and if you don't understand how to use it, it's going to be really like, if you're out there, like pushing your car, getting it places and someone comes up <laughs> You know, and so someone comes up to you and they like offer you like, they're like, Hey, you know, like this key, you turn it here. And this is actually going to go a lot better for you. Um, so it, the energy, energy training for me was that it was, it was very transformative. And so initially um, in my coaching, it was helping people um, through these energetic tools, learning how to understand the energy of your belief system and how it's, affecting your behaviors. Like, like I said, like we do what we believe and that is just like hard stop period. You do what you believe. And, um, so that, that's what drives your actions and your behaviors. And so it was, it was just a beautiful kind of a space for me to start to take things from, you know, seeing your thoughts and understanding yourself as, as not your thoughts and not your body through yoga. And then helping people really dig deeper into that with energy work, with breath work, um, meditation, Different, you know, energy modalities that would help people really uncover what was in their blind spot. What are these beliefs that you have no idea that you have that are running your life? Because we all have a lie yeah. that is running our life. Yeah. Um, and then a few years um, later, or I should say several years ago, I um, had my first psilocybin journey. And it was one of the most beautiful, profound experiences of my life. 
And I recognize that not only are there are these you know energy tools and meditation tools and um, you know breath work, but that there was that nature was a tool mm. that nature used wisely and in in alignment was a powerful powerful tool. Um, and so Zach and I kind of you know putting our our, our heads and our hearts together of like taking the things that he was doing in addiction recovery, taking the things that I was doing with people with like you know trauma and um, you know, belief structures and things like that. We're like, why can't we create a space? Like, this is like really kind of for me, the call felt like not so much that I knew what I was going to do at the time, but I felt very strongly that I know how to create spaces. I've been doing it for a really long time. Um, even in, in my church life, uh, certainly in yoga life that I knew how to create spaces for people to come together mm-hmm. and, um, and be able to learn together. Cause I, I always say when I, you know, when I teach my people how to be teachers, I say, you don't teach what you're, what you think, you know, you teach what you're learning, Yeah. teach yeah. what you're learning. It's like, you relearn it for yourself. And it, it you know, w- once you feel like, you know, something, you stop asking questions and you stop being curious. When you know, right. you can't improve. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really, you know, and, you know, and Zach's own personal journey has really been beautiful to, to witness as well, you know, kind of finding his path and his way. Um, you know, th- there's a difference between sobriety and healing. Like, Amen. you know, there's, 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 there's there are two very different entities. Sing it, sister. Sing it, sister. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and that's what, you know, it's funny because, you know, that was really something that like a journey that we went on together because um, it, it's definitely been you know, highs of highs and lows of lows in really understanding that healing process for him and also for myself and certainly in relationship. Um, but he's such an amazing partner. And at the end of the day, we just wanted to be able to create healing spaces for people because, you know, you can be sober and white knuckling yeah. it to the end of your life, or you can really learn how to live Yes. And you can really understand who you are and, and how we how we connect to each other. Because I think that's one of the purposes and missions of, of Earth is for us to stop thinking that they, that we're separate. That we're like these like little islands trying to just, you know, keep stuff on our island and take yep. as much stuff, you know, with us to yeah. the end. <laughs> and that we're, there's like some philosopher, I can't think of his name, but he was saying like, you know, we are like the oceans or like the islands where on this, on the, on the surface, it looks islands look separate but they're connected down in the deep right so you know that was that was really our our goal is between you know you know talk therapy and coaching and energy tools and meditation and breath work and psychedelic medicine like how can we um you know just offer as many resources and pathways to healing as possible well, I want to come. Awesome. Please, we would. Yeah, like, I get there. <laughs> we we love uh, fun, cool people that want to come along for the journey. <laughs> yeah, it's love super it. cool. Thank Man. you. Yeah, and I like it because it's it's different. You know, like there's there's not many uh, organizations like it that uh, cover so many different bases, and I think people really do need variety. Uh, you know, presented to them. They can't, you can't just be like, this is the only way about any certain way. You know, yeah. people, people are different. So are people's recoveries, you yeah. know, and, and to your point. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge difference between being in recovery 
or healing than there is in just being sober or whatever. It's like you're left with a void. Mm. I wrote a poem about that a while back. It was like sobriety just leaves you with this void, this big empty space, and you don't know what to do with. And it's pure misery, right? Yeah. Uh, And and recovery uh, affords you the opportunity to find passion and purpose and healing and it fills the holes you know that you would otherwise be carrying around and it's like a ticking time bomb you're just like waiting for the next uh thing the next shoe to drop that's gonna make you have a good excuse to go get high or something that's it i often equated it to trying to hold back a dam of water with my hands you yes. know just like yes. this is working i promise this is working <laughs> i know this looks bad but i swear yeah. <laughs> I, I got this you know like i had 15 years of of sobriety from heroin addiction when i had the nine month relapse that saved my life Mm -hmm. you know in behind the one little cherry of trauma when my arms were tired and i just couldn't hold back the dam anymore that's all it took and then i was off and running but without that you know like i think we got to thank our experiences you know like even the people that may listen to us that find themselves in that space of relapse right now Mm -hmm. like versus doing that old thing of feeling guilty and shameful learn from this like learn yourself if you'll learn yourself and build a strategy from that versus trying to figure out what everybody else is is doing and how it works for them Mm -hmm. like if you'll just study that and you'll you'll know you'll you'll give yourself some grace man just 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 get up from here use that build that strategy and move into healing that was the game changer for me to realize that sobriety wasn't going to work like i was standing in a space where sobriety had not worked yet again so i knew it had to be i had to change my head my heart and that's been the 10-year journey it's been you know what's hilarious to me and, and really ironic is like when I first started my healing journey and thank God I was so desperate because I got into therapy twice a week, right out of the gate. I started doing uh, anger management first, right out of the gate. And then, you know, eventually did parenting classes too. And like, I just wanted to address all these areas of my life, but I learned in therapy that, you know, if you're, if you spend so much time hating your pain, hating your anger, you know, not observing them without judgment, but thinking this stuff is bad and why am I consumed with it? Right. Uh, Really what that does is it's like when the, the human psyche tries to stop a thought or a feeling, Mm -hmm. it actually gets stronger. Yeah. That's like uh, apparently really commonly known thing in psychology which i had no idea at the time uh so if you're trying to shut those things down then they get stronger Mm -hmm. and then they get more frequent and to be able to be with it and accept it then you can start to work through it Mm -hmm. and so that's like super key to to understand Mm -hmm. that yeah and and if it's any comfort to you guys listening uh, pain and anger can actually be some of the greatest motivators wow. for change. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's a message. So it's instead perfect. of thinking it's bad, you need to realize that your body, your mind, your heart, your soul are trying to tell you something mm-hmm. that something needs to be done and something needs to change. Yeah. Uh, so use it. 
it's fuel yeah instead of letting it rip you apart yeah yeah i had a i had a download not too long ago um that was and this is again just was personal to me but take it for you know so take it for what you will but um i saw fear and doubt as energies and that they weren't they weren't inherently bad like we like to label like and is this exactly to your point we like to label them as bad but they're actually directors yes. and they're showing us something that's in our blind spot. They're showing us like an old wound and an old story that we need to be able to, to hold space for and to look at and to pull yes. to the surface. Mm-hmm. But that fear and doubt are gluttonous energies. Mm-hmm. And so if you meet fear or doubt or worry or stress with more fear yeah. and doubt and worry, the, then the energy can feast on that. Yes. And yes. so why would it, it, it so it's, you've become a very hospitable environment yep. for that energy and it will continue to feed. And, and it's so, hunger never goes away. Exactly. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's so gluttonous. Yeah. It's, it has this endless, this endless, uh, you know, w- once you feed it, it's like the gremlins, you know, it's like, yeah. so it's, it's us that's, that's creating this, like this resistance and this, you know, extra suffering and pain and, and story as opposed to just letting ourselves feel the fear and they said that the energy that dispels well, i say they but just it was like this download that i had had but it was like the energy that dispels fear is curiosity yes the yeah. moment that you get curious and you're like huh it's not scary anymore i wonder yeah like i wonder what this is it what, what this is i wonder what's going on yep. you get curious it dispels the energy almost instantly yeah. Well, and the- you said a little bit ago too. You know, it's like, it. You, I just keep getting reminded of this: is that we should dev- we should uh, have the heart of a student rather than the teacher. Mm. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. And the resistance, like the the resistance to hear that message that is coming through you in in your life and pointing out your story the resistance seems like um, it's going to keep you safe, but it doesn't. It, it continues to, to build that, that hole that never stops being filled up with, yeah. with fear and anger and victimization. And, mm. you know, that story is being revealed. It, it, it reminds me like that, what you just spoke about there, that download reminds me very much of what Martin Luther King Jr. was trying to say back during the civil rights movement mm-hmm. is that that was the point of, of not meeting violence with violence. That was the yeah. point of walking through this in love is because, and I see it right now with the transgender community and the, and the world as a whole, mm-hmm. we keep meeting fear with fear mm-hmm. and hate with hate. Mm-hmm. There is no, there's no resolve to that. There is no connection there. There's, a, there's just more of that. It's just more of that. And that's why we, we are still in this space where we, we cannot see that we're each here with our own beautiful divine purposes mm-hmm. as we are, not in resistance. The more you resist who you feel like you are, the bigger it gets. It's just yeah. what we're saying. And right. in every aspect of life. Yeah. And the more that you try not to be who you are, mm-hmm. the bigger that it gets. So we're just constantly finding ourselves walking in that fear that pit grows deeper and deeper and we can't understand why we just keep getting energies back yeah why does this keep happening (laughs) well i'll tell you the media the media doesn't help right oh no 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 that's the monger (laughs) it's it's 
No. They're feeding it to us like with sure. a huge spoon. So. Yeah, I always say turn off the news, turn on stuff like this. Please. Like we live yeah. now in a world where we are connected. Yes. You know, when we lived, you know, a lot more. I I remember the life pre-internet and Me too. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> Thank I, God. I I remember like passing notes and, you know, and waiting like 5 hours for a phone call or the line was busy, you know, it's like yeah. So <laughs> we, we live in this amazing connected world and we have to be able to use the powers of this for good and you know turn off the news it's 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 only wants to divide because that's what keeps people engaged is division right. and you know there's podcasts and there's you know forums and there's just there, there's so many places for us to connect now as people you know uh, apps and social media it's like we can we can speak about the harms of these things well then let's then let's use them for good that's right. We're talking to each other now. Let's have these conversations. Let's do Ashley, it. what's Let's up? Do it. Hey, Ash. Miss She's you. This great conversation, Ashley. Glad that you're in the chat there. Yeah, you're you know, it is so right. We're we're losing people, you know, mm-hmm. we're losing people to themselves, we're losing people to violence of fear, and violence is just fear. Yeah. You know, it is just an absolute other form of fear and even when we feel like we're not afraid of anything the honest truth is we're afraid of the biggest things which is vulnerability yes you know these are hard conversations to have not to me they feel easy but they haven't always felt that way because that wasn't the program the program was you know like keep it stoic Mm -hmm. make sure that everybody thinks you got your shit together Yeah. yeah Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can we dispel that illusion once and for all? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Dude, right. I am uh, yeah. No. You heard it here first. No one has yep. their shit together. Nobody. <laughs> no a dude, told, a dude told me one time, he's like, Man, you better be careful. Don't put me on a pedestal because I'll piss all over you. Yeah. <laughs> and I I so, loved that. It was yeah. like I'm a very, I guess I like visualization techniques, you know, and with like with my meditation and things that stuff seems to be the most effective for me is to visualize things. And I got this active imagination. So when somebody tells me some like thing like that, or like if you have one foot in tomorrow and one foot in yesterday, then you're pissing all over today. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's yeah. like so true, you know, and I can wrap my head around that. absolutely and it's like we've lost the gift of presence yes we we know what it feels like and how good it feels to either be present in our lives to really take in a moment fully immersed in that moment and we also know what it feels like for someone to be really present with us and you know that needs to come back into our awareness is that there's no moment except for right now this is it that's the truth The, the past and the future are just thoughts they're, yeah. just, they're just ideas that we have or memories that we have, but like nothing occurs outside of right now. And so learning how to just fully immerse yourself in the moment to be present with people, you can do so much healing with, you know, we talk about all these different modalities, go to somebody with your phone away mm-hmm. and just have a conversation with them and yeah. look them in the eyes and watch their body language and just, you know, hold the space that, that is beyond power, powerful for someone just to feel completely seen you may not agree with them and they might may not agree with you, but if you can just really hold that space, you'll walk away from that. Having had a powerful experience. Exactly. Exactly. 
a full heart. Mm-hmm. If, if so, if somebody, one thing I'd love for you to share, Melanie. So if somebody is like brand new to the presence game, and I mean, mm-hmm. just brand new trying to figure this out, because we know that anxiety is living too far in the future. Depression is living too far in the past. What type of, are there some small, like beginning tools that yeah. you could share with someone right now to help them start yeah. Some soul tools. <laughs> I'll throw I'll throw a tool at you. Awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, no, this is actually one of my favorite exercises. Um, and it just really shows it, a it can really it, it can help you in the moment for sure, but it shows you that the power of your attention and that your mind, you think your mind is here because that's where people spend the majority of their time is in their thoughts. Amen. But you your mind can be wherever you place it. Wherever you place your attention, your mind is there. And so I have people close their eyes and just come into an, uh, into an awareness of your breath. You just start to feel the breath. You start to notice the breath coming in and out. And bring your palms to your lap and just have your palms up as your palms turned open. And with your eyes closed and your breath just nice and steady, Bring your attention to the palms of your hands and really pull yourself into your palms. And you're like, it's like you're looking all around inside of your hands. You're noticing your muscles and bones and your blood. And you should start almost instantly to start to feel a heaviness, maybe even a tingling in your palms. You can feel the weight of your awareness in your hands. And then you're going to take that same awareness that's in your palms and you're going to start to draw it up into your forearms. And now you are fully present in your forearms. And the same shift begins to happen. You start to feel a heaviness and a weight in your forearms. And lastly, just again with the breath and with just your attention, bring your awareness into your heart. So now you're inside your body and you're looking and you're witnessing your heart and you see it from the front and you go around and you witness and you see your heart from the back and you feel this sense of just ease and weight in your chest as you're right there in your heart center. And then as you open your eyes back up and just take a nice big breath in and a nice big breath out. Now, as you look out through your eyes and you're having a conversation, you just gave yourself the gift of presence. You are now fully integrated back into your body. Your mental field is outside of your body. Your emotional field is even outside of that. And so when you're constantly engaged in your thoughts and your emotions, you're actually not in your physical body. And you can only be of use in the physical world if you're in your physical body. And so bringing yourself, you know, yes, consult, you can consult certain thoughts. Yes, you can, you know, move through different emotions, but you always want to be able to bring yourself back into the body because that is where you are the most present and the most available in the physical world. I love wow. that. It's yeah. a ground, that's a grounding exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, yeah, it's very grounding. And it shows you that you dictate where your attention goes. Right. And so the same, the same thing in conversation, the same thing in like, let's say you're hiking in nature and wherever you put your focus, wherever you bring your attention to, then you are there. Awesome. 
Look awesome. who decided to join us. <laughs> I did. I decided to say hi for a minute. Hi. Hey, glad Ashley. you did, Ashley. So glad. I thought I was going to miss seeing your face this time. I know. Like, I saw all y'all's faces and I was like, oh, I'm going to just say hi. <laughs> I want to pop That's in. That's awesome. Thank so you. glad. Yeah, plus I'm not good at the visualization and the paying attention to my palms and my breath. So I was like, well, if I use that time to come into the discussion, <laughs> I don't have to try to focus on the visualization. Somatic <laughs> <laughs> awareness, a way to bring people back to themselves and learning. About Pamela is learning about that. Pamela yeah. is a lot. Melanie, like that whole thing, you reminded me a lot of Pamela because when you know somebody's walking in their purpose, like mm -hmm. like that was so natural to you, like that was your walking your purpose. And my sis, my soul sister Pamela is also a hypnotherapist, and she's oh. learning holistic healing and stuff right now. And so yes. I play every night because she has a YouTube channel. I play her one of her meditations before I go to sleep, like every single night. Nice. Oh, I'll have to connect with her because I'm I'm it's actually cool. in a hypnothera hypnotherapy training right now, so I would love to connect with her. That's it's yeah. it's really powerful and and somatic work again. Like we talked about the things that no one's talking about. No one's teaching somatic work in schools. You really have to seek this out for yourself. It's so powerful. It's you know, it's funny is the second I really realized that the tool you were dropping on us was going to be like you were going into like kind of a little guided meditation. Yeah. I instantly like put my feet flat on the ground and turned <laughs> my body and I got relaxed. I was like, okay. And I shut my eyes and just followed your direction. I love it. it was, I love yeah. it. It's so powerful when, when people can do it and, and really tap into it. It's, you know, yeah, I've, I've seen how beneficial it is. I wish I could do it, but. Well, but I think another tool and another way in is empathy too, because, and that's a tool that we're losing when we were growing up, you would talk to somebody and you would see them face to face and you would watch their body language and you would understand that the, the, the things that you said that were empowering made them light up and the things that you said that were disempowering would kind of make them shrink. And so you learned presence through empathy. Yeah. as well and we're kind of losing that a little bit with kind of the disconnect everyone's on their phones and everyone's kind of you know they're not talking as much as they should be and so when you can see people's body language and you can really feel them on an, on an empathetic level that helps you be present as well well you got that ash <laughs> that's social emotional learning stuff yeah um it used to be part of you know even though we didn't talk about feelings so much when we were younger we still learned when you hurt somebody the way it feels yes. like and i feel like that's missing mm -hmm. um i know that in the state i live in in florida you can't even use the word social emotional learning anymore like mm -hmm. that's the it's like curse words um and i mean the things that kids learn from that at a young age i mean i fully believe that socio-emotional learning should be integrated from BPK if you know 100% even earlier if you can get it but it's become this well it doesn't idea that's not true yeah it doesn't fit the narrative it doesn't fit the current narrative because the narrative and the goal is division so it takes it takes all of us you know people doing this type of work having these kind of conversations to kind of bring that 
back into the forefront because, mm-hmm. again, we talk about what's happening in the narratives. It's about control and division. And mm-hmm. it feels so like, you know, like even just talking about it, you just feel tight. It feels like this tight pulling, you know, in the chest. And that's right. what so many young people people are going through, you know, Ashley, you're, you're in touch and so involved with people like that boots on the ground. And that's what young people are going through this and they are being traumatized in their own ways that, that maybe someone of my age, I don't really necessarily understand because I don't have young kids, but just stepping back and watching, this is trauma that I don't understand, but it is big. Like it's big for, for these young people to be growing up in this age. Dude, it's, it's devastating communities, you know, suicide rates are at an all time high. It's just insane. You know, we were talking about that earlier, not to like, you know, spill the beans on situation that Ashley was a part of having to deal with today, but just, it's unfortunate, man, because if you think about how much stuff in the school curriculum is like filler, right? How many things did you learn in school that you will literally never use in your life? You know, and and we could be learning about financial wellness and holistic wellness, Mm -hmm. you know, and tools, soul tools. We could be learning soul tools. (laughs) It could be. It could be in the curriculum. Well, the the shame for to me is is that we're we're losing all these young people, and then their friends or so called friends go and make fun of the fact right of the stuff you know like it's it's i don't know i i I don't know if it just existed before and it was in a world i didn't see so or if it should it's it's on a grander scale now it's on a grander scale well the division is we're teaching our like our kids aren't learning the skills to be able to handle anger or handle I mean, we know that, that, you know, people that hurt other people and typically were hurt themselves. It doesn't mean that they were physically abused. It doesn't even mean they were mentally abused, but they're watching, you know, even like two years ago, their parents go into, you know, school board meetings and get dragged out. That would have never happened when I was a kid. Like, PTA parents wouldn't have been yelling at other PTA parents and like that wasn't that's what we're modeling to our kids and and we don't have to agree on everything we're never going to agree on everything but like sometimes it's okay to keep your mouth shut if you don't agree you like (laughs) hurting people is way worse right right I think it's a lot got a lot to do with the internet too because everybody you know, it's like people are a completely different person online a lot of times than they are in person, right? And like these trolls out here that just always want to stir the pot, they want to poke the bear, they want to, you know, shit on all your posts or whatever. It's like, what's the, why do you got to be so mean spirited online? And it's probably because they're passive in real life and they got all this anger built up and they want to like lash it out on every little thing they see that they could lash out on, you know? Well, and the empathy is gone. Behind a screen, you don't have to have empathy. You don't have to see the reactions or the fallout. Right. Right. Leave your mean comment and, 
you know, let it feel good in your own body and yeah. then move on. There's no, there's nothing, there's no indicators. There's nothing to show you the concept, the, the natural consequences of that. Right. Mm. Right. And then even when, even when you see something that, you know, that, that happened to that person, or you see a young person that, you know, ended up, you know, taking their own life, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hit the same because I mean, what the, the current society for kids and, and this is the argument that kills me about, you know, we're talking about gender bathrooms and stuff. And yet we let our children sit in front of first person shooter games for mm-hmm. hours on end. We, we let the USDA up the sugar level so that we're making kids' brains addictive, chemicals, yeah. turning on the chemicals and the, the addictive parts of their brains before they can walk. Mm-hmm. And, and these are the things that are really harming us as a society. And, and if we target the children, we get the next generation. Absolutely. We keep the fear, we keep the paradigm going mm-hmm. You know, we keep all that. So, so let's focus on things that everybody that's different and everybody can get on board so that we keep the distraction going. Because if the distraction's over here, you have to worry about what's really happening here. And that's unfortunate because we're not understanding that there are real lives and real human beings behind what, you know, this, this, this paradigm, this distraction, real human lives are being lost you know lost why would people want to divide you're you're stronger together numbers are stronger so if you want to have power you want to have control you're going to divide so to me it's it's like so absurd that we look at these people that are leaders that are dividing us like and it's Almost all of the leaders, no matter what party you want to look at, um, it's, it's more prevalent than it's, you know, people, you know, bringing people together. And it's like, leadership truly is bringing people together. It's not dividing people to get power, because if you can lead people, if you can lead the numbers and bringing them together, can you imagine how strong you'd be? Like... This is why we're targeting the divine feminine, though, because this is the rise of the divine feminine. And so we have these last ditch efforts of trying to control the divine feminine, because anytime the feminine population come into a place of of it's not control, but it's not the word. It's not control. But but when the divine feminine comes in to an acceptance, then the power loses its power. Because there is, and it kills me to death, you know, to, to hear people come against, and that's what we're looking at. We're seeing women coming against, you know, their rights and their body and all this, because the divine feminine is scary to the powers, mm-hmm. you know, they're scary to the powers because, you know, women are what has been chosen to create life, carry life mm-hmm. and, and to go through, you know, bringing life into the world. That's and a nurture. very strong and, and, and nurture. nurture life. It's a yeah. very, very strong, you know, uh, place to be. And, and, and what I think that we're really, really seeing is the last ditches of this grasp mm-hmm. at power because it's being lost greatly. And it's, and it's going to be like, like we know how this ends. Yes. We know how this ends. Now, whether we get to see it in our lifetime or not, we know how this ends. 
Well, yeah, and I, I, I'm hopeful that we will, because I, I, like you said, I think that we're seeing just this old structure just crumbling and dying by the yeah. day. But, you know, you're it's spot on. That's one of um, the things that I've really been, you know, diving deep into is this idea of polarity and the masculine and the feminine and mm -hmm. what they play and their divine roles as energies. And the feminine has to feel safe in order to open yes. you know, her wild, creative, beautiful heart, you know, her portal to creativity and creation itself. It's like the, the, the sacred, you know, the divine aspect of the feminine, which is coming forward, you know, she's creation herself. And so she's coming forward um, in all of her, you know, rights and glory, but um, there has to be that safe, that divine masculine energy as well. That is a structure that provides right. that place for the heart to open because when it's not a safe environment, the, the heart closes. Yes. And, th and that's a natural protection um, that happens. But, you know, I think that the more that women and men both, you know, begin to do this inner work within themselves, yes. we're creating the environment for all of these, you know, natural polarities to actually, you know, come into, in, into alignment. And it's, it's yes. actually beautiful to be a part of, you know, the time that this is happening. It certainly is. I think that we are, I mean, I'm, grateful to be a part of this time. I'm grateful that my recovery came when it did because yeah. I would not have wanted to miss this or anything. I'm so grateful to be a transgender human being in this time because I think that's another situation, you know, for, for, you know, my, my idea about this is that we should, you know, like we, we need to embrace our journey because yeah. this is, this is both, you know, feminine and masculine in one space. Now the, the world, the, the, the paradigm is we got to check a box. So we're all mm -hmm. trying to scoot yeah. into this other box. Right. What I found is that regardless of what box I'm living in, there, there is a sense of that I'm not living my true authenticity, my true self. So I like honoring my journey and what that is. Yeah, and, show, show me a box in nature. Do you know what I'm right, saying? Exactly. And wild and free and creative. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. And then the LC, talk about being in a unique position to I reach know, one. Right? You know, because you got your hands over here and over here and you have a personal lived experience in both sides of that coin it's been amazing and then uh what is it i like how melanie called it, alchemizing you're alchemizing into this version of you right and like oh yeah, yeah. it's so it's so fun it, i mean it's That's really fun, fun yeah. when you it, when when you embrace it in that way like mm -hmm. To begin with, I was with that a, curiosity. Yes, mm -hmm. because I was trying. I thought that I had to fit into that other box, and it wasn't until a friend of mine challenged that. Which again, mm. there I was with no belief system. You know, right. like I was like, "Oh well, gosh, how do I do this if I'm not? A, you know, what in the world? Yeah. Then what do I stand on? Well, then then I get to have all these great experiences. I get to see the world from both a very, you know, a, a, a semi because I had different things happening in me. So I never got that full on feminine experience, but I got enough of it to know the difference. Mm -hmm. and, and it gives me this great understanding of how men are moving through the world and how, you know, feminine and, and uh, women are moving through the world. And just that, that difference in how we, 
how we interpret things and the ability to feel emotion. That's why I love, I think the strongest part of masculinity is learning to feel Absolutely. and to move into like adjoining with that divine feminine and being able to embrace that part of yourself. That's why I love you so much, Jason, because <laughs> you do have this unique ability to be curious about feelings about you know how you feel and you know to be such a a tough guy on the outside you know if i'm going to meet you in an alley i'm going to think this is a tough guy mm -hmm. and you are tough because you're open to feel. i think i'm more tough now i think actually. you're way more tough to be and, honest. and you know way. i worked i worked really hard at it you know i've i've worked really hard to get to get to this point and uh I'm grateful that I'm still, I still feel like a sponge, you know, like I still want to learn more and I still want to do more and work more on these things because it's all a work in progress, right? And it will be till I, you know, bite the big one. But yeah, thanks. You're making me blush. <laughs> There's something that you said that I want to, you know, come back to as you said, you didn't have a strong belief system. And so you, you kind of like felt like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, like didn't have a strong guide, but I almost feel like that was a benefit too, because you look at the world today and everyone has these strong beliefs and these strong, the way everything's supposed to be. And just because you have a, a strong belief on the way you should live or the things that you feel, or what's right for you doesn't mean that that's the right thing for somebody else. And I think that as a society and as people, we forget that our personal beliefs do not need to be society's beliefs or our community's beliefs. We can live by certain beliefs ourselves and feel certain ways individually and not even like on a political, I have views politically that are different from my personal views um you know i'm politically for women's choice um but i've never you know I, both of my children i had them out of wedlock i didn't you know so personally i didn't choose abortion but i understand that it's a hard decision for someone to make and everyone should have the right to make that decision themselves and i think that as a society we forget that like and and I want to put my beliefs on the person next to me and I want them to be exactly like me because then what yeah. I believe is right. If they do things right. exactly the way I do. And I think, yeah, people, I wish more people the idea of autonomy, right? Like you got to respect that everybody has their own autonomy and, and that they can, you know, believe different than you do. And we should still be able to coexist and exchange those ideas in a respectful manner and develop a deeper understanding of one another. Right? Well, once we believe that we're, once we understand that we're all truly one, like, like we're, we're all from that same place, yeah. then it becomes a lot, I don't, I won't say easier, but you know, you can kind of see each thing each, each a piece of yourself in, in, in someone else. And I think that you said something really, really on, on point there, Ashley, is like sometimes when people are, are sharing that, they're wanting validation for their own beliefs. So that feels stronger yeah. if all of these people believe it. 
And I think that there can be like trauma on either side. When I do this other podcast called Walk Them Out of My Shoe, we choose, we did it, um, a thing on Jim Crow. And, and a big question was asked there. It's like, you know, listen, man, if you were in that time, would you have stood up? You know, I'd like to think that I would, but there's trauma on the side of standing up against that for some people as well. And so I think the, the more we, we are, are in touch and in tune with ourselves and we do have those strong personal beliefs and we do realize that, Hey, this don't belong to everybody. This belongs to me. And we've done the work where we know what belongs to us and what doesn't, then it becomes a bit easier to hold that space. And, you know, but there's so much fear, like, you know, everybody, everybody's going this way and, you know, you gotta be on my side. You gotta believe what I believe. How does fear come out in, in the typical person? Mm Hmm. So think about anxiety, right? That's that's fear. That's it's all. rooted in fear. And and what is one of the traits a lot of people with anxiety have? Control. Yeah. They want to mm-hmm. control the things that they can control because then the things that they can't control don't seem as big. If you mm-hmm. control, you know. So that's what you see a lot of times with people, that, you know, with anxiety. They are have a lot of control or, or try to over control yeah. once you understand some of the stuff like it's hard to be mad or look at people differently because you're like okay you're reacting out of trauma you're reacting out of anxiety yeah. oh, you were abused as a child you're, like it's like it's yeah. hard to be mad at anybody for the way they act it it's a like, good thing though right it's not Cause... a beautiful side effect you know yeah it is yeah it is man it and you guys, we're going down a rabbit hole, and we are <laughs> running a little long. Uh, Melanie, I was curious if you had any closing thoughts you'd like to share with anybody that might be watching or listening tonight. Well, I mean, just first and foremost, I have loved being here tonight. I I set, I set an intention years ago um, when I was really thinking about my purpose, and I remember writing down, I want to talk about cool shit with cool people in cool places. Oh, yeah. When when you really, like, you know, break it down. So I I, (laughs) have this chance to really, because it is, it's when you're, when you can find, it's not that you, like, like Ashley, you know, beautifully said too, it's, we don't have to agree on, on, on everything, but let's have these, you know, higher vibrational conversations. Let's speak from the heart. Let's let everybody be witnessed and seen. And um, like I know, and I know with soul tools, that really is at the heart of our mission is, you know, letting people being able to, or, or to witness people witnessing themselves, maybe mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah. And, and what a beautiful thing that can be. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so many of us ha- are seeing ourselves through, through the lens of our, you know, teachers or families or friends or traumas or addictions, you know, we're seeing such a skewed understanding of ourselves. And so um, I just, I love being able to be in a place where we can all talk about things that we all come together on. We understand we, that, that this process could be, you know, messy and challenging and difficult, but we're doing it together. Like we're, we're it's, it's like um, walking down like a, a busy city street. It's like, we're all going different places, but we're all doing it together. And, mm. and there, there's really, you know, something very beautiful about that connect, that connectiveness. And um, you know, I, I, I love talking to people that are in that same, that same space. Yeah. Amen, sister. Yeah. 
this has been fun. And Ashley, so glad you came on. Yeah. Yes. Me so nice too. We, we love you. And uh, I know you had a rough day, so. I'm I was glad. like, I didn't do my makeup. I didn't do my hair. And I'm like, ah, screw it. Yeah, <laughs> you're looking love. good. You're I'm looking so good. glad you came. I didn't do my makeup. <laughs> Me either. Me Just either. Kidding. I don't wear makeup. Oh. Unless Kaylee wants to do some i was gonna say come on dude i let the eight you know the eight-year-old girl gets to put barrettes in my hair and they kind of get what they want you know that's yeah right. i mean yeah. i might let her paint my nails but hey i may may not what you do man that's right right that's congratulations that, that's yeah. honoring the divine feminine you know, let, her, let, right. her, let her paint those go. nails if she wants to paint that's those nails. right that's right oh yeah and say that again ashley congratulations this guy's getting married yeah, she said like, yes. Congratulations needs to go to Jason. He's yeah. Oh, Thank yeah. You. That's very exciting. I guess I could have uploaded pictures into this feed and like showed people, but it didn't even occur to me. I don't know. I try to. I don't know what it is. I'm the same way when it comes to like if I'm out speaking with like this or the way out podcast. Like, I almost never share that stuff when I'm speaking. I don't know if it's like. I just don't want to be boastful or I just guess I'm more worried about like the message that I'm trying to convey to other people. And I don't think so much about like sharing my news or, or like making it about me. I don't know. It's just, it's the last thing that crosses my mind, but right now I'm really wishing that I had a couple pictures to show everybody on here, but I don't next week. Maybe I'll throw it up. I'll throw it in there after we're done. There you go. Yeah. I'm on the um, recovery revolution page. That's right. I can throw there it you on go. there. You thought, but I mean, Better. there's nothing wrong with celebrating that you have stuff to celebrate and yeah, that you right. have hope for the future and you have things to look forward to. I, I think that's a good message to send. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I yes. do on my page, you know. <laughs> but that's how I guys. knew it's from your page. I'm so. stoked. <laughs> I'm stoked. I really am. I, I'm excited to see what's next and what the future holds. Um, I'm excited you know obviously about my relationship with my partner and how healthy it is like sarah's amazing and like i'm a very free spirit and i've always been and in relationships that always seems to eventually be like this source of angst or or uh you know where we butt heads and they start to become possessive and domineering and and jealous of whatever and like she's so the opposite of that you know like we just, we accept each other for who we are, you know, like she's more of a homebody and I'm like, I have to go to meetings. I, I have to be of service in this way and that way. And sometimes I have a pretty busy schedule as a result of that. And she's always really cool about it. She doesn't get weird. And I love that. But then I'm also honored to be able to become a, a you know, be a father figure in her daughter's lives. They, they need a strong father figure in their life. They needed it. And um that's safe yeah. space yeah that's safe space i mean and it's still a work in progress but i i'll tell you this right now i've seen a big change already just from when i uh proposed that's you awesome. know i told her 19 year old daughter I, like in private like when nobody was in the room really quickly i let her see the ring i asked her if i could give her the phone uh to record record it or whatever and then I was like, don't say nothing to nobody. So I think, you know, cause we haven't really been that close and she really talks to me and now she's just like chatting me up. 
<laughs> it's it's really changed like 180 degrees and then uh kaylee's been much warmer she's the eight-year-old so you know it's we it's been peaks and valleys uh through the last few years of dating so maybe it's security I, maybe I the think, kids feel like you're not gonna leave like you're you're yeah. you've made that commitment to stay and be a part of the family and maybe before they were afraid to get close because people have probably left in the past and they have so i and i totally agree with you 150 i'm just stoked i'm excited that they're in my life and thanks for the congrats you guys so well, i'm excited for you buddy me too hell yeah hell yeah think about all these lives you're helping heal too like if they warmed up because you made a commitment they needed to know someone was going to stay and that's a part of your healing like as a woman you know like there's not believing somebody will stay and and be that positive male role model like being able to model that for for those girls like is important for their future relationships oh what a great insight thank you for that that was a yeah. great insight there ashley yeah, that makes man. me think makes me think it makes me think <laughs> now yeah. we gotta celebrate the news because it's so important right now like it makes them even more important it is and it's gonna be awesome and then now people are asking me all the other subsequent questions and i'm like honestly dude i didn't put any thought into it beyond that moment you know like the the, the picking of the ring and then the asking and now you know yeah we haven't taken any next steps One day at a time. yeah i'm like not in a hurry I yeah. just think right now I'm just having fun using the word fiance all the time. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> no one fiance. <laughs> so funny. All right. Well, we're uh, going to close her down, you kids, you crazy, crazy kids. Yeah, because this guy is uh, wanting to join the feed. He's fixing to get it. That's wide. all right. He's cute. Isn't he? Okay, he kind of looks like Rod Stewart, like 70s, <laughs> like late 60s, 70s Rod Stewart, the forehead. That's oh, great. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Okay, so you, you guys, thank you, Melanie from Soul Tools for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you. Soul Tools. Check it out. Tools for your soul. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you ever need somebody to do your commercials, let me know. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, let's see. I gotta bring that up. I suck at this. Bear with me. All right, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. We are on YouTube, just search Recovery Revolution Live. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and you will get notified when we post or go live. Uh, if you like this, but you don't like the video platform, we also release our show as a podcast after the fact. I have a podcast, The Way Out Podcast with Charles Lavore. We share personal, powerful recovery stories and unpack recovery power topics to help you find or jumpstart your own recovery. I am shutting this off because it's driving me nuts. I don't like that. It's overbearing. Uh, let's see. Recovery survey. Brett has a show. Brett wasn't with us tonight. He usually runs a live stream. Uh, he's got recovery survey. It's morsels of recovery, about 30-minute episodes. LC, why don't you tell us about your show? 
That's right, Recovery Soul Food. This is Season 5. We are on the Virtual Mentors Season. And um, listen, we just want you to come. We're going to help you learn how to get up from your give up, create a life you love. And that's that. We're live every Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Amen. And then we have recently started this thing, Recovery Revolution Podcast Network. I think we're over 30 podcasters now. It is free, so don't think we're trying to sell you anything. It's just a website, and uh, it's got quick links to a bunch of really good content different podcasts on there and we uh as a collective we have our own little private uh way to chat conspire and you know cross promote the guest swapping so if you are a podcaster and you're interested in this hit us up any one of us and we'll get you connected and get you featured on the website it's absolutely free we just want to lift each other up man and uh you know really really encourage people and and let them feel like they're part of a community because this is the work that we do and it means a lot to us to be a part of the community so we want to bring that community together and grow it that being said thanks for joining us again Uh, again that's where you can find us there recovery slash revolution.org backslash live and remember out there Progress, not perfection. Recovery Revolution Podcast Network.